Welcome to the Hey Soul Sister podcast, where Mel Histon will guide you through life's big questions and bring you one step closer to doing this crazy journey as best you can. Hey Soul Sisters, today we're going to explore a fascinating topic, and that is of the stories that we tell ourselves. As humans, we're wired to create narratives that help us make sense of the world around us and our place in it. And these stories shape our beliefs, our attitudes, our behaviors, and can have a profound impact on our lives. And I'm going to say that can be good or it can be bad. We're also going to examine the power of stories to inspire and motivate us, but also their potential to limit and hold us back. And today I have one of my favorite all-time Hey Soul Sister guests, who comes on, she's a regular, I'm calling her, and that is Miss Charlotta Tharap, my mindfulness guru, amazing woman. Hello, Charlotta. Hello, darling. Now, Charlotta and I have had lots of chats about this, some of it in my therapy sessions. <laughs> no, seriously, so Charlotta is the founder of the Mindfulness Clinic. She's also an author, an international speaker, a corporate coach, so she does uh, mindfulness workshops with big corporates all around the world, but also what I love is that you still do the one-on-one client consults, Mm. which I think is beautiful because I know that some people who are in the client therapy realm will go, oh, actually, you know, I don't want to do one-on-one work anymore. I'm just going to do workshops or do online courses or what have you, for whatever reason that is for them. But I go, I love that you still do the one-on-ones. And and I do it because it's a rich area for learning. (laughs) Yeah. Right? And also giving back. But, you know, that whole thing, it's, it's... such a privilege I think to sit with somebody and connect and listen and um, and explore yeah so I wouldn't want to be without it well I'm glad that you saw do that <laughs> <laughs> I love that and I also have a co-host today and that is my little sister Kate Marie Histon hey Katie hello how are you yeah good good <laughs> and I'm glad it's always great to have a, a second host to come in and um, fire questions <laughs> I'm so excited because I love listening to Charlotte and she's always got so much wealth and wisdom to share. So it's going to be a good one. And so we all tell ourselves stories about ourselves, about life, about the world. So, Miss Charlotta, I'm just going to dive in because you work with a lot of people. You work with a lot of corporates. Um, You're incredibly well-researched, well-read and well-written. In your experience, what are some of the common stories that people tell themselves? Well, I mean, there's lots of the negative ones. The whole imposter syndrome, of course, is really common. Yeah. That inner critic that sort of just screams really loud uh, in our heads. I don't know if men get imposter syndrome. They do. They do, do they? Yeah. Because I feel like women talk about it more. Yeah, probably. And it is more common in in, uh, women. But I think more and more uh, we're seeing anxiety in men. And so we see more of it. So that's certainly one. And I think the, the thing to say about stories is they find us when we need them so that we use them for to um, justify particularly right to kind of strengthen the ego to be okay so whether that's the, then to point the fingers at somebody else whether that's to kind of go well I had decided I wasn't going to drink anymore but then it was a special occasion last night so it's all right so okay we tell little, you know but we, we kind of you know we bridge the gap between in our uh, kind of narrative gaps between what we decide to do and what we want to do or what we actually do so it's a really useful tool to kind of protect ourselves and and stay intact if you like but then we get stuck with them and they block us for actually developing right so because when we are sitting in a story we're not sitting in the present because the stories are always about 
past or future. You know, I remember the first time I really noticed the storytelling myself was I was doing a one day silent retreat. And, you know, that of course experiences happen. And I noticed the mind being really busy trying to uh, kind of rehearse an, an interesting story version of what I'd experienced <laughs> so that I could share that and be oh so interesting. Yeah. Right. And I thought, wow, what a freaking waste of time. <laughs> right? It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's the ego, right? So it's the ego, whether it is to look good or to avoid looking bad. And another area where I've looked at it was, you know, my first marriage was very abusive and I would make excuses all the time. So, you know, keep sort of stretching and going, that's really because of that and that and that that I did, 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 And in that way, you kind of, it's a very, it's a holding pattern of life, isn't it? Yeah. Um, because you're not really growing, you're not really being courageous, you're kind of just constantly camouflaging what is and sitting in this sort of mesh of, of stories. Yeah, absolutely. And interestingly, I, and I know this is extreme, but I guess it got your back, sister, which is the domestic violence charity that I run. You know, we probably see and hear lots of different stories, which are often harmful, mm. like more of the negative story because yes. it's that whole self-protection. And then we also have, in, an, in I don't know if that's mainly a Danish thing, I, came, I think it came originally from Germany, this idea of a life lie. Have you ever heard of that idea? No, I haven't. Yeah. Right. Well, that's, you know, sort of the fundamental narratives that we might say. We might mm. say, you know, you know, the stories always have a lot of always and never. So they're always total, I mean, they're, they're inaccurate, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it'll, it'll might say things like, you know, I am the kind of person who, whenever you have that, you go, here's a story. Yeah. I'm the kind of person who have always had to do it on my own. I ne my own. I never had any support. You know, my father was really abusive, but da, 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 whatever it is. That becomes the foundation of my life. Right? Mm. So that's your life lie because it's never, ever just that simple. Do you have a life lie? Do I have a life lie? Gosh, I'm sure I've got a few. I was thinking you asked a question, you know, before the podcast and about the stories we tell ourselves. So I've been almost been marinating on that. And I think you could call it maybe a life lie is that I am not good enough. There's that. And I know it's simple. It's not nothing elaborate, but... I feel like that's my little imposter syndrome that definitely comes in and out of my life for sure that I am aware of, I have to challenge it, but I'd love to hear more about how I can do that. Yeah. What about you, Charlotte? Do you have a life lie? I think I've worked quite a bit on actually telling fewer stories in my head yeah. so that I don't really have many stories going on that I'm aware of. It's more just practical. You need to pack your bag now for going to New Zealand. Yeah. And mm. What are you going to do? It's more that practical thinking rather than spins. Mm. And that comes with being more present, right? Because life's rich enough. <laughs> mm. So stories camouflage that. So, with, so the art of, of course, mindfulness is to try to uh, not obscure the moment with a story, but to penetrate it and go, I'm going to put the story aside yeah. and actually be present with what is. Do you have one? Yeah, do you know what? I do, and I think it stems from the whole childhood, you know, kids in the playground. And um, actually, so I had two. Two. One, so, uh, kids in the playground, which was, um, you know, when, when girls would use um, – to kind of like pick on another girl they'd mm -hmm. ostracize that girl mm -hmm. and there was always a mm -hmm. different like I, I look back and I go every week it was somebody different you know that girl was ostracized it was usually an alpha female that would dictate mm -hmm. terms within the tribe of that yeah he was in and he was out and I remember when it was my turn one particular time and feeling really 
really upset and really alone and I actually had my mum's voice in my head which was just walk away walk away with your head held high but I really questioned whether I was likable Mm-hmm. Yeah, those early experiences, right? Yeah. Yeah. And um, something we have to really work with. Absolutely. So when things come up now, you know, gosh, and I'm well into my adult years, um, yeah, it's, if something happens or if there's a conflict, like I will go back to that. So I okay, go, that would be a life story, you know, even within our family. Mm, well, yeah. certain family members, you know, because um, there's, you know, not everybody, but certainly I, I would say our family has baggage, you oh, know. Sure. Oh, sure. There's do. lots. We all have that. There's always family, <laughs> yes. family histories and things. So that's yes. something that I fall back to. And the other thing as well is that, and again, this stems from um, probably my teenage years, was a particular family member called me Tubby. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't and then the story is? And the story is that I'm Tubby. Yeah. yeah. And, okay, right now I probably am. But, but you know, I look back at my life and I look at photos and I was like, oh, my goodness, I had the most beautiful figure. Yeah. But it's funny that that comment that was made to me in my teenage years, how that stuck with me for the longest time. Yes. And it's now a story. Because it's now yeah. a story. Yeah. yeah. And you actually remind me of one that I, I have. And I don't know if I still have it. I, but it's an interesting one. I remember being, my mother had been in France and she had brought me this beautiful little jacket. I was probably five and uh, I was wearing this with gold buttons and striped. It was just beautiful. And that day I was excluded in the kindergarten. No, I remember sitting by myself eating oh. a, an orange. And so the conclusion was then it's not safe to stand out. Yeah. Right. Wow. Don't fly. Your f- don't don't uh, mm. be sort of too elaborate. Um, yeah. And so I suppose we uncover these stories, don't we? Yeah. You know, we uncover them and then ideally we go breathe and go, that's an interesting one. How do I give myself that self-compassion for this learnt kind of little nugget? Because it's, it's a way, it's a way to keep safe. We don't want to repeat the pain of a comment of being excluded. Right. So we go, well, don't repeat that. And the system remembers it and alarm bells start to ring when that, when we get near that, so we don't do it again. So that's a kind of protective story, but then that we become prisoners of. Yeah. And so the idea is to start to work on these, isn't it? To go, oh, there's another little story, which, of course, has deep roots in some little trauma or... Do you know absolutely, and I and I will say it's one thing that I personally am very grateful to you for, and that I think it's also an example of that constant, you know, like it's a constant learning, lifelong learning to actually overcome those mm. life lies. Yes, like it, for me, it totally is not about the tubby thing. I actually I don't dwell on that too much, just every now and then. <laughs> but, but the whole am I likable? stems back from that and I know Mm. that we've had many a conversation and I know that I've probably I've really shared with you when when I when that wound has come up for me for various reasons Mm. and um I love that you have taught me which I'm I'm not necessarily that great at but you told me to go do you know what that person doesn't really see the person you are that's right that they don't see you yes because that's the other thing I think that's really interesting about stories is that when I see you through my story eyes of who you are I don't see you yeah right because it's all projection and transference so when we live in a narrative world of lots of words and descriptions we don't live in a real world we live in our own little bubble that's why the Buddha said that all descriptions of reality are only temporary hypotheses. Mm, but yeah. there's no such thing. So we have to penetrate these and go, can I see you 
with my heart. Yeah. Right? That's when I see you. And then I know when I do, I couldn't hurt you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I love that. But also, you, you just brought something up for me. And that is that I think it's something that we're all guilty of in this room and if you're listening as well we're all guilty of the stories that we create about other people absolutely and I go do you know what I'll put my hands up and go I've been guilty of that and that's because usually it's for totally selfish reasons I want to be right again protecting my ego like Mm -hmm. you were saying before Mm -hmm. so I'll create a story which you have to try and catch yourself out on (laughs) but but I I've totally done that you know or because you don't want to look bad so it's like oh I'll I'll point the finger in that direction and create Mm. the the story to myself around that Mm. that's right that's Mm. what we do wasn't it Aristotle that said the seer the seeing and the seeing are the same so whatever you are seeing in someone else you actually have within yourself and you're you know if it's a trigger it's something maybe that you're denying or not looking at within yourself that needs to heal. So it really comes down to perception. Would that yeah? You don't see the world as it is; you mm. see it as you are. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. So that's that. Um, you know, they, the stories can kind of be a little catalyst for what's actually happening. Yeah, yeah, mm. absolutely. Well, there you go. I'm putting it out there to go. I am going to practice catching myself in stories that I'm telling. Uh, they're about myself or other people. Is there a step process, Charlotta, that you have when you work with people on how to like unveil the story and heal that wound? Or mm. yeah, there's lots of actually yeah. lots of different techniques, right? First of all, the unhealthy ones, or unhelpful ones, always sit in anxiety. Mm. So there we go into can we do dear body, and then and then can we see if that then changes even what you're able to think and say, wow. right? So so you know it. it because all the self-referencing stuff that we're talking about exists in the default network. So the default network, when that's anxious, it thinks anxious, unhelpful, critical thoughts. Yeah. And when it's relaxed, it daydreams. So, you know, we, when it's relaxed, it just can't pump out these, these really toxic thoughts. So that's the first thing to kind of go, let's just calm that down. Yeah. And then often we can do things like, you know, for instance, if it has deep roots like the ones we just shared before we can go does it remind you of anything and I often do this through a body process and often people will say like I worked with somebody just last week you know and she's experiencing something and when she closes her eyes and said where how old are you through a little bit more of a process than that she said you know I'm 11 years old and this is where I am and you'll see the parallel between what's happening now and and that where it was initially formed and then we look at healing that so that's if it has deep deep kind of Uh, roots another thing is we can use a more narrative way where you can simply go so from this thought that i have for instance not good enough yeah which is a you know everybody has it it's a a background noise kind of of life isn't it and so we can give it kind of a rigorous thinking treatment and we can say so is this thought true Mm. and you'd have to go and i already can see that it's a really poor quality statement isn't it Mm. because it's not specific Yep. So how can I say I'm not good enough at what, at, um, you know, cleaning strawberries, at, uh, at what? What are we talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. Right? So then you go, well, you're kind of already dismissed, but let's keep going. Yeah. You know, are you really true? No, I, yeah. I have to say you're not really true, right? Yeah. How does it feel in the body when I carry you around? Mm. Bad, right? How does it feel if I just kind of grab you and lift you off and then notice I'm free of it? Yeah. Woohoo pretty good right so so that's a lovely little technique yeah and I think also I mean I remember you know going through a difficult time with someone and then saying well let's just walk without the story Mm. okay can we walk without that story and then you go well there's freedom 
So increasingly walking and being and functioning without the narratives, just take them off like a lid. And then we notice, wow, now the world opens up to reality versus our imprisonment. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. Want to save your soul? Review us on Apple Podcast. So how can our stories hold us back in life? Oh, I mean, I think the ones, you know, we've just mentioned all yeah. of them, they, they keep us small, right? Because it is that ultimate protection in yep. not wanting us to be hurt. Yep. Um, and so, you know, we learn from the worst experiences much more than the pleasant. So we're much more likely to remember where we were hurt and that will shout the loudest. And the memory is stored in, with, in, in a very complex kind of association network, right? So it could be that we it get triggered by a smell, by a sound, by a certain light of the day, by the certain person. It could be many different things. So we easily become very hyperactive yeah. around the difficult. And then we don't see the world as it is. We see it through our wound, right? So somebody scared me or, you know, in my case with this situation of be careful not to look too smart (laughs) but you'll get hit on the head yeah it's interesting i a few years ago when i was blogging i blogged about a researcher over in the states and i feel terrible because i can't remember her name now but she was presenting on a ted talk her research which is around humans and people having a negativity bias Mm -hmm. and that we will have a tendency to when we all do it we all have a tendency to believe the negative rather than the positive Mm. or to say negative things rather Mm. than than positive Mm. things and it's funny I I, I'd never actually really stopped and thought about that before but when I was listening to her TED talk I was like yeah absolutely it's it's so true and she Mm. said you know you listen to anybody and they were always generally veer towards that negative talk that negative bias Mm. and then she was neuroscience 101 (laughs) (laughs) there you go well for me I was like well I've never heard of this before (laughs) and so I guess um you know and one of the things that she talks about is catching yourself in the moment yeah like that yeah so I mean the thing with the negative bias is just that it's so much more important that the system remembers the dangers than we remember the delights and therefore it has to scream the loudest Mm -hmm. and I think even just knowing that if you haven't done neuroscience 101 but you watched a TED talk (laughs) (laughs) okay just knowing that kind of changed my view of things so mm. when I catch myself she said what watch when you come home at the end of the day and, you th- and your partner says what was your day like and if you start going on oh, this happened and that happened and that happened she's like catch yourself in the moment yes and again I had never really that was something that I had never heard of mm. but I was like yeah I I catch myself regularly kind mm. of doing that or we were talking early before we were recording of the story of I'm busy versus I'm at ease yes and I go but I really am busy <laughs> So I go, it is a story, but I go, I actually am. Mm. And how am I going to change that? You are more than being busy, right? So that's the first thing going, okay, so there's some tasks that you've lined up that you would like to do. And then you label that busy. That's a story. Yeah. Right? So if you then breathe and go, okay, now let me find the rhythm for how I'm going to do these and enjoy them while I'm doing it. It changes the texture of it. Yeah. So my friend, how do the stories that we tell ourselves provide an insight into our subconscious minds? <laughs> well, I think what we already talked about. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, mean, I think that those, those, you know, when we go, oh, be careful here, like my example mm. of looking too great or whatever, wearing fancy clothes, then you go, ah, oh, there's, a, there's a little limitation installed here, right? And it's all about avoiding danger. That's mm-hmm. really what it is, or the unpleasant. So they're, they're kind of a, 
their menu of that, if you like, right? And then there's also the whole thing of the justifying. Yeah. You know, so, for instance, you know, I mean, I, I like transaction analysis. So, the parent might say to us, come on, this is going to be lettuce and a lot of walking or no alcohol, whatever. And then we'll do good, right? <laughs> we'll be really good. And at some point, the child within us is going to go, you've been so good. Have a little treat. Uh, and so that's another one storytelling if you like that we have don't just have one voice shouting things we have you know we have the rescuer we have the perpetrator we have the victim we have them all kind of arguing at times right but all of it is an element of kind of abandoning responsibility right because as soon as I'm then curious I go well that's interesting you decided you were not going to have wine tonight yet you had two glasses when I say, oh, that's interesting, what happened here, darling? Mm. Then I'm not a story, I'm real. Yeah. Can I maybe say, it sounds like you're not judging yourself, you're actually coming right. into working out underneath gently, bringing out what is really going on. Yeah. Sort of mothering yourself. Yes, mm. in a kind, curious way. Yeah. Right? So the stories camouflage what's going on. So we need that kind curiosity to start to penetrate. It's interesting you just said then about people using stories to justify whatever it is that's mm. going on for them. I have really noticed this and I'm going to say I've noticed it in popular culture. And when I say that on the blog, um, it was interesting last year. And, and I'm using this as, as an example because I have seen this numerous times, mm-hmm. but um, on the blog last year, there was um, a whole, you know, block scandal, which, you know, in real, in, in the biggest scheme of love is not really that big a scandal, but there was somebody who had seen the master plan of the schedule for what were, what the rooms are going to do every week. Somebody had taken a photo of that and they'd shared it to another, to another group, another couple, another team, which is essentially cheating. Mm. They said, you know, that's mm. cheating. They shouldn't have done that. Mm. And so... Everybody suspected it was one particular couple and the girl in this couple who had taken the photo. And she kept saying, no, it wasn't us. It wasn't us. And it was interesting because then she would get into conflict because everybody kind of thought she was lying. And she'd be like, well, this is the truth as I know it. Yeah. This is my truth. I'm speaking my truth. Yes, I did not. I did not do it. Girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they'd be like... Really? Are you sure you didn't do it? I'm speaking the truth as I know it. Mm. My truth is I did not do it. Mm. And so, of course, it came out then that she did do it and she was caught. Oh and so, but okay, it was really interesting because I was watching her. It's embarrassing. <laughs> but I was watching her, no, because I see it all the time. People will go, well, that's my truth. That's my truth I'm speaking. Mm. With it. And I go, it's not actually the truth. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? It's not the truth. It's not true at all. No. It's a cop-out. That's what it is. It's it's total justification. Yes, but also I think you bring up another thing, and that's how much we use stories to actually deny Mm. what's real, right? I remember I was walking at Rushcutters Bay, and there was a girl who came towards me. She was kind of dangling. She was really – and then she was hanging on to a light pole, and I said, Donna, you better sit down. So I was just holding her. She sat down, and she's going, I'm fine. I'm, I'm really fine. I'm really fine. And then her partner came, and he said, she's fine. She does this all the time. And I mean, she was so not fine, right? She was, mm. you know, hyperventilating. It was really bad. And I thought, wow, this is such an interesting example of how we say something that, that you know, is obviously not there, but we've said it so many times that we can't see reality. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. And we do that, I think, in many ways where we deny. So, for instance, you know, we have such a pressure to be freaking happy, right? So yeah. that we, you know, experience something bad and we go, I'm fine, I'm fine. 
And you know, darling, you're not. The, the pain is still in your system, yeah. right? But we tell ourselves that and then we go home and cry. And I think, you know, on social media is kind of a platform for that, mm-hmm. isn't it? This, yeah. this self, this ego that we present versus what actually is real. Because do you know what? People, um, I, I would say, and I, I will again put my hand up and go, do you know what? I really don't share a lot of the if there's hard stuff going on for me, I don't share that on social media. And I know some people do. I know I don't. And it's because <laughs> a couple of times, you know, over the years when I might have done shared a quote or something, which might have been like a, you know, like a rough time quote, all these people start, like it becomes this drama mm. and people start, re- oh, mm. it's like, oh, you poor thing, what's mm. happened? And mm. it becomes this whole big, the rescue, big, the rescue yeah. <laughs> And it's like, so number one, I've learned don't do that anymore mm-hmm. because people just you know so I start getting messages of you know or, or people reaching out feeling sorry for me and I'm like I'm okay mm. and also I guess because yeah you, there's this thing it's like oh she's a drama queen and it becomes like this gossip about oh did you what's going yes. on so and it's also getting lost in a negative story right yep. because even in the worst times there's still moments where actually we're not in pain, mm-hmm. right? So it's getting lost in that negative story. and But getting lost in both is problematic, yeah. right? Because if we get lost in, oh, I just have such an amazing life and glamour, 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 we step off and we go, actually, I'm really annoyed with the traffic now or whatever. You go, hey, how does that match? Yeah. That match, right? <laughs> so then we take another spin or we deny and we get into all this mess of stories. Yeah. So the art is really to not be attached to any stories, mm. to keep going, no, I'm just a human being here. Is my heart online? Can I see? Can I hear? Am I here? Yeah. Yes. No story. No and, story. And no I guess story. being like, whole, like wholeheartedly honest with yourself. Yes. Yeah, and noticing and know that, you know, no thought will ever define us, ever define us, right? So any thought is just that very little moment's commentary or something and never, ever true. We are much more than that and we are always in flux so we're always changing. So even if I do something that goes, gee, that was actually quite selfish or inconsiderate and go, oh, okay, interesting. Hmm. Uh, How did that actually come about? Hmm, I can see I shouldn't uh, overpromise there and uh, that's not a good idea. So I won't do that again. Ding. Yeah. There's no story in it. It's just kind of ongoing process mm. yeah. and, and, and it's comfortable. Yeah. Okay, my lovely friend Charlotta and Sister Kate, um, I'm looking and going, oh, we're probably coming to the end of the session. Is there anything that you think that we should share? Any nuggets of gold? Before we wrap up the episode. Well, I have a, a little one that I'd like to share because yes. I think it's, it is really interesting. And that's, um, you know, this whole thing of the shared stories that we have. Yeah. And so I was listening to Julia Gillard's podcast and she um, had a guest on Mary Be- Beard, Bird? I don't know how you say her Baird? name. Beard? Yeah, it's not, it's not, could be, yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, she was asked, what was the, what was the beginning story of misogyny in the mm. world? And she said it was the Odyssey. It was ah. actually, you know, he came home with all his mates hanging around, teenage son, and they were to- telling war stories, how they'd been, you know, around with a few nymphs on the way. And um, the, his wife, Penelope, comes down and she says, hey, guys, can you keep it down? The teenage son says, mum... Don't interfere. We're talking here. Go back to bed. Oh, wow. Right. So how does a story like that become then something we all hear and it becomes then, well, young men need to kind of shut women up in order to become adults. 
Yeah. Right? So there's many things that come of that. So I think it's really interesting with our fairy tales, with our shared stories of how many of them, we, we just see them as a story, but the implicit between the lines messages are so rich. Yeah. Thank you. Absolutely. And I would say, wrapping up, that for all of us, us in the room, and if you're listening, it's like next time that you kind of start to find yourself going down a thought spiral or creating that story, it's like catch yourself in the moment. Yes. And as you say, question, is this actually true? Mm. Yes. And and what does it do to me? When I carry that story, am I at ease? Am I at ease? Yeah. Right? And otherwise, take a breath and go, okay, let's just be present with the sensations in this moment. Thank you so much, my friend. Thank you, Soul Sisters. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Hey Soul Sister with Mel Histon. What would help you on your crazy life journey? Email melissa at thesistercode.com.